Greetings everyone. Thank you for listening once again to another episode of the Sunset Flips and Super Kicks podcast. I of course am the Cake Champion. Uh, follow on Instagram at Sunset Flips Super Kicks Podcast, I believe it is. Use the hashtag SFSKPod. That's the only hashtag we use for this podcast. Going back to back this week, uh, episode last week, another episode this week, just like WWE with their pay-per-views, SummerSlam and Payback. Talking a bit about Payback today, um, as well as the PWI list that just came out um, when I saw that list come out. I just knew I had to get on here and and talk about it. First, they released the twenty five top 25 and now the top 100. Um, I don't think people really care about all the way to 500. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you just determine 500 wrestlers? Like you'd have to watch everything, everything. So I'm going to talk about that, and I'll go back to my uh, go back to my list as well. Um, some of my favourites of a certain category. Um, don't expect an episode next week. As I'm just saying, you just you never know when these things will will come up. It's just whenever. You know, um, it's not week to week. It's whenever to whenever. So just remember that. Okay, I'll get into... Today, I'll start off with my favourite, I guess, series of matches. Or rivalries, I guess. If if you want to go rivalries... um, For me, rivalries and series of matches is different because Austin McMahon is my favourite rivalry. But they didn't have a series of matches. It was just non-stop Austin beating the fuck out of him. I'm just going to do series of matches. I've got a few. Uh, Top of that list, Kenny Omega and Okada in New Japan. Dominion, Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion again. Um, Three matches, I think a total of like close to three hours in those matches. I know there was one at Dominion that was a time limit draw. Went the full hour. Uh, And then the following year, um, two out of three falls that went about an hour and ten minutes. So that for me is my favourite favorite three-match series, I guess. We've also got Austin Rock. Can't leave that out. WrestleMania 15, 17 and 19. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Their takeover series of matches when Ciampa, in his prime, I'll say, as a heel um, against the, uh, the babyface Gargano. Um, the first the first match Gargano won, I was very upset. Um, I, I hate Johnny Gargano. Hate's a strong word, and I hate him. I can't stand him. But Champa got him back in the other two. Um, Edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudleys. Triple threat tag team ladder match at WrestleMania 2000. TLC one at SummerSlam 2000, and TLC two at WrestleMania 17. Just, Innovation. Innovation. Uh, Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe when Kurt Angle signed with TNA. And his first rivalry was with Samoa Joe. And I think they went three pay-per-views straight. Uh, Orton Cena. Which time? I mean, they've done it a few times. Just throw in just all their series of matches. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. The Iron Man match. And I think there was a hell in a cell in there. It was an uh, I Quit match. TLC match. I mean, fuck, what haven't they done? Oh, I'll go go back in time. Ric Flair and uh, Ricky Steamboat. 
They had some classics, some classics for the world title back in the day. And Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from 2005. Just that rivalry that generated just from a friendly match at WrestleMania, which sparked into one of the one of the best heel runs, I think, um, in wrestling history when Eddie Guerrero turned heel. And then they brought in Dominic, of all people. I mean, look at Dominic now. He was using that. He was using that storyline. Um, who would, who would get custody? So there's 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 just a handful of my uh, favorite match series. There's probably more, but I'm not just going to keep talking on and on and on about match series. I've got other things to talk about on here, like payback. Uh, just ended recently. Let's get into let's get into the results here. As I, as I get them up on my device to talk about. I was prepared to not get a prediction right. I think I got three. So I'll take, I'll take that. It should have, been, should have been seven. But, you know, what do you do? It started off with... No one cares about the kickoff show. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeating Apollo Crews to win the United States Championship. 14 years after he first won the US title. And I must say, I did. I posted this. I'm absolutely loving MVP right now and this stuff with the Hurt business. I hope it doesn't go away. You know how things tend to tend to happen in WWE. I mean, what happened with the hacker? What happened with the hacker? The hacker's just gone. What about Retribution? Are they still a thing? They're only showing up on Raw now. So, I don't really... Fuck Retribution. That's just... That's just been shit from the start. Um, yeah, so MVP, loving what's happening right now. Maybe MVP and Shelton Benjamin can get the the tag team titles. Bobby Lashley, US champion. MVP, Shelton Benjamin, tag team champions. Hurt Business, all the gold. And then they can go and run Raw Underground as well, which is another thing that I just don't get, which is why I don't really... I haven't spoken about it at all. Big E defeated Sheamus. Um, I think that was pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, all this talk about Big E going for a singles run since Kofi got hurt, I think at Extreme Rules. And it's only now, like, Big E's got his pay-per-view match. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with this? Like, Kofi said he's only out for six weeks. So he's probably coming back soon unless he's going to stay on the sidelines a bit more. Big A, what's going to happen? Is he going to get an Intercontinental Championship run? And is he going to fight for a title? Or is he just going to have meaningless matches and then wait till the New Day comes back? And then what? Are they going to split up? I mean, there was talks that they're going to split up ages ago. They're still around, so they're not allowed to split up. But I'm, I'm, yeah, split ups just are a big no-no for me right now. They're, not allowed, not allowed to happen. Um, bro, bro, Matt Riddle defeating King Corbin. Um, yay, I guess. Um, oh, no. I preferred Matt Riddle when he was with Pete Dunn. The, uh, the bros of weights. That's the, that's the Matt Riddle I liked. But now, I don't know. And King Corbin, come on, man, let's... Let's treat the king right. 
give King Corbin something, something good. I think this rivalry will keep going, but um, King Corbin did attack him afterwards. I don't think Riddle would have felt it, but because he's probably high as a kite. So, um, but yeah, went on pay per view debut for the original bro. No, oh, no, now the uh, the women's tag team championship. This is just a travesty, sad, sad moment. Just a moment of silence, please. So, what I didn't understand about this is why why Michael Cole and Corey Graves are commentating. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are from Raw. I know the title goes everywhere, but still, I don't want to have to listen to Corey Graves. I mean, look, it was it was bad enough that I had to watch them lose, right? But then I had to listen to that sheet-stained fuckwit Corey Graves, who should have been swallowed. I have to listen to him on commentary. Not only that, I have to listen to him call Sasha Banks, no belt banks. It's, you're a fuckwit, mate. Just shut up. Just shut up, all right? There's, there's plenty of other females that work within WWE that you can have an affair with, all right? Just fuck Corey Graves, man. Fuck him. And fuck Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax as well. Should, I mean, I saw it coming. I think everyone did. How many times do you see two people put in a tag team that don't like each other and just automatically fight for tag team championships and win it happens all the time so you know it's I mean some of the matches you know I was messaging uh, Jaden hello Jaden shout out shout out saying you know some of the results I'm like well at least it's not as predictable as it once was but this one is still this situation the little scenario that has been put in place with Baszler and Nia Jax just wanting to beat the fuck out of each other and now Tag Team Champions, it's still predictable, so that's one of the few that's still happening. Um, and now it's just surely Banks and Bailey are going to split up. No, do not break up the blueprint and the GOAT. No, it's no fly zone. It doesn't work for me. I will cry. And, you know, just fuck WWE, man. I'm just not going to watch anymore. So, just... Matter of time, we're going to have Bailey Doe straps and two belts, Banks back. So, it's all good. That's that's what I'm looking for. Banks and Oscar, Raw Women's Championship again. Put the strap back on Banks, six-time Raw Women's Champion. And then, Blueprint and the GOAT, the Golden Role Models, three-time WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And also, fuck Corey Graves. And then this this is where the pay-per-view just... If that wasn't bad enough, it's just... It tumbles down. Keith Lee defeated Randy Orton in six and a half minutes. Three weeks ago, Randy Orton is the... Like, he's the hottest thing in wrestling at the moment. Just destroying everybody. Legend Killer is back, you know. Put Edge on the shelf. Destroyed Christian, destroyed the big show, destroyed Ric Flair, destroyed Shawn Michaels. And then gets done by Drew McIntyre with a wrestling move. I know, I came on here last week and I was blowing up. Heat of the moment. It's Randy Orton fan in me. But I get it. I get it. Backslide wrestling move. <coughs> then he destroys him on Raw. 
Three punts to the head, fractured skull. Bye, bitch. Keith Lee steps in. The fucking, what was it? A pop-up powerbomb or some shit. Fucking high-angle powerbomb. It's pretty cool. But then that's it. One, two, three. Back-to-back losses for Orton on pay-per-view. What does this mean? Is it the Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre storyline just done? Surely it can't be done. Surely McIntyre needs to come back and get revenge on Orton. But then what? I'm going to give Randy Orton the title after losing twice on pay-per-view? I mean, stranger things have happened, yes, but that, that was a head-scratcher for me. You know, I would have thought maybe like a little snake move or something, not just reverse the RKO into a powerbomb and that's it, one, two, three. So, once again, fuck WWE, I'm never watching again. On on the edge, on the edge. They are, when I say that, I don't actually mean it because I'd never stop watching WWE. That is my escape. Wrestling is my escape. But kudos to Keith Lee. First pay-per-view match, a win. Bask in his glory, I guess. So, I like Keith Lee. I want to say I'm a fan. I like him. Don't hate him. Good wrestler, but just not happy with him at the moment. That's... Just give Orton 14. We still, we still, we are still working towards that. Randy Orton is still going to get the title off Drew McIntyre, which will go into WrestleMania. Edge versus Orton. Edge will win. Edge's comeback story is complete where he gets another world title run, ending his rivalry with Orton. And then we can move on. And then a month later, they can reunite rated RKO. Get the tag team titles. Life is good. So, just remember, I am good with my six months and beyond predictions. So, let's just remember the day. Remember the episode, episode four. That's when I, that's when I called it. So, we'll go back. We'll go back and, and listen when it happens. Tag team match. My saviour could not save me. His disciple let him down. The Mysterios. Dominic and Ray defeating Seth Rollins and Murphy. Disciple Murphy. Buddy Murphy. What's with taking away the first names? Anyway. Um, Dominic Mysterios is he's already just getting better and better. It must be... What a feeling it must be on Raw to team... With your, with your old man, and then to do it on pay-per-view and get a win and be the one picking up the pinfall. Must be a great moment to share in the ring, you know. Like before, what I was saying about 10 minutes ago, 15 years ago, he didn't know who his father was. Was it Ray or was it Papi Eddie? And then, you know, bust out the frog splash as well, just like his papi. Like father, like son. Not Ray Mysterio, Eddie. His papi. I'm your papi. So, I mean, good stuff, but once again, just those three matches were just, yeah, it was, it was borderline turning the TV off or throwing something at the TV in a fit of rage. Only one thing could have prevented that, and that was the main event. Universal Championship, triple threat, no holds barred match. Why is it a no holds barred match? Triple threat matches and no disqualification matches anyway. So what's the point? You still got to have the pin occur inside the ring in a no disqualification match. So why call it a no holds barred match? 
It's the same fucking thing. Jaden, am I wrong? I can, I can tell you right now, he's blowing up listening to this because he doesn't like to talk about it. Which is funny. It's good. It's a bit of, bit of niggle, bit of banter. So this started off with the fiend coming out and then Strowman just attacking him and then they just beat the crap out of each other for about 10 minutes. Um, Alexa Bliss was shown watching the match backstage and I'm thinking, okay, I kind of like where this is going. Something, Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I said that one of two, th- I had said it's uh, similar to WrestleMania 31. Reigns and Lesnar, obviously that was a one-on-one match and then Rollins cashed in, interrupted, turned it into a triple threat greatest cash-in in history. I was thinking maybe similar, they're going to beat each other up and then Reigns is going to come down whenever he wants and then pick up the scraps, one, two, three, or Retribution was going to come out, destroy everything, including Wyatt and Strowman, and then Reigns will just come out with Heyman, revealing themselves as the leaders of Retribution and then he picks up the title. Sort of similar to the first scenario I laid out, WrestleMania 31. Wyatt uh, gave a superplex to Strowman. The ring collapsed. Reigns comes out, then signs the contract. (coughs) So he said on SmackDown, which where it was revealed the greatest thing ever, that Paul Heyman is with Roman Reigns as well. That's just the best way to get Reigns over as a heel. Give him Paul Heyman. Give him the title straight away. Done. So he comes out, he signs the contract. With the contract, he was saying he wasn't going to sign it because what they wanted wasn't in there. So what was in there? Maybe toying with the ring a bit so it would collapse? I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Why else? Because no holds barred. He can come down whenever he wants, I guess. I don't know. I'm... Maybe maybe they could reveal on SmackDown this week what they wanted added in the contract in order for him to sign it. So it's, it's good. It, may, it engages me. It makes me want to watch SmackDown. I can't remember the last time I watched SmackDown. I watched two minutes of SmackDown last week and that was to see Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns. That was it. Nothing else on there is really interesting me a lot until Cesaro and Nakamura break up and Cesaro teams up with Sheamus once again to bring back the bar then I watch Smackdown again religiously so anyway ring collapses Reigns comes out signs the contract doesn't get the pin doesn't get the pin and then called the referee a bitch as well speared Strowman one two three like you said on Smackdown it wasn't a prediction it was a spoiler just like last week when he held up the universal title a SummerSlam went off the air. It wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler. One week apart. He's got the title. Let's see where it goes from here. I'm very interested to see um, what will happen moving forward with uh, with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Why not? When wonder when the, one of the Usos is due back. I think it's Jay or Jimmy. You know, I'm 50% right here. It's, you know, one or the other. So one of them's out. Hopefully one of them will come back. When when the other one comes back, I mean. Then they can join Roman Reigns with Heyman and form the family. 
Can't you see Paul Heyman just strutting around like a godfather figure? I can. I think that'll be... I think that would be great. I can definitely see that happening. So let's just keep an eye out from when the... Uh, when the Usos will be back. Um, overall, apart from those three matches in the middle... It was a decent pay-per-view. A bit strange that it was, you know, one week apart. Um, what the fuck's this? Um, yeah, fuck off. Anyway, um, yeah. So maybe the only way to get Reigns the title back straight away on pay-per-view, have a pay-per-view the week after he comes back. Obviously, Vince would have arranged SummerSlam as the comeback and then put that into place and then payback a week later Reigns given the title who never lost given Paul Heyman will do all this boom heel Ooh-ah. it's the big dog I bet Michael Cole's blowing his load when Roman Reigns' music hit um, another thing they announced Clash of Champions uh, if you watched I'm not too sure who watched and who didn't, but they showed a promo package for Clash of Champions and the date said September 20th. And then straight after, camera goes to Cole and um, his sidekick bitch and it has it on the screen and it says Clash of Champions, September 27th. So which one is it? Which one is it? What, what date is Clash of Champions? I'd really like to know. I need to know how to plan my, my days. So... Yeah, alrighty. Now, let's get into the PWI 500. Came out sometime last week. Let's go through the top 10, going from 10 to 1. So coming in at number 10 for this year is AJ Styles. 9 is Kofi Kingston. 8, Seth Rollins. 7, Cody Rhodes. 6, Kujiska. Okada, I just call him Okada, can't pronounce his first name. Five is Tetsuya Naito. Four, Drew McIntyre. Three, Chris Jericho. Two, Adam Cole. And one, John Moxley. There's the top ten. Now, this is what this is what they base it on. This is their evaluation. July first, twenty nineteen to June thirtieth, twenty twenty. The criteria rankings follow. So win-loss record, technical ability, influence on the sport, success against the highest grade of competition, success against the most diverse competition, and activity. Okay, I have no idea what those last three have to do with anything, but the top three, okay, I I get. So win-loss, now you got... There is Moxley, Jericho, Rhodes. Three guys from AEW who have barely been pinned. I'm honestly surprised they weren't one, two, and three the way they've been booked. Moxley hasn't... I think he's lost once in a tag team match. He didn't take the pin. So he's essentially undefeated. Jericho's had... Well, when was it? Up to... So June. So this is... So Jericho's probably had one loss to his name. And that was to Moxley. And at the time, Rhodes, I think, one loss to his name 
which was to Jericho. That's it. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with the with the top ten. I mean, how is Kofi Kingston so high up? I guess this will still he was still champion at the time, so that's all right. McIntyre he went on a bit of a run, so that's all right. Adam Cole, well, when did when did he lose in that time? Could have made the case Adam Cole Moxley for number one. To be fair. So, I mean, I should have I should have done some research. We don't do much research on this show, so that's all right. So that's that's fine. That's that's a solid top ten. That's a solid top ten. But you want to just move down. Move down. So eleven to twenty. Got Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, Kenny Omega. Roman Reigns, Nick Aldis, Bray Wyatt, Kota Ibushi, Roosh, Braun Strowman, Jacob Fatu. How is Lesnar high up on this list at 12? And Roman Reigns at 14? Reigns has been out since March. I mean, it says win-loss record. So he's probably, he's obviously still won more matches than he's lost, but he's been out for about four months of that, as has Lesnar. This is where it makes no sense for me. You know, and then you want to round out the top 25, Will Ospreay, MJF, Alistair Black, Kento, Mayahara, and Volta. Okay, Cool. But Lesnar and Reigns for me, that's a bit that's a bit iffy. That's a bit iffy. Them being in the top fifteen after missing four months of doing nothing. You may as well put Goldberg in the top ten. I mean he he won the Universal title, so he should he should be up there. Going through, I mean, let's just go alright, let's put Roderick Strong at twenty nine. Andrande at twenty seven. I mean, has he really won that many matches in the last year? Let's put, yeah, so uh, Andrade 27, Roderick Strong 29, Baron Corbin at 41. You want to talk win-loss record. Let's put Randy Orton at 48. How? I'm, I'm pretty sure Randy Orton's won more matches than he's lost this year. He's been around longer than Lesnar and Reigns, but they're further up than him. So it's just, I don't know, it's, I, I can't take, I can't take a PWI top 500 seriously when in 2011, The Miz was number one. Nothing against The Miz, I love The Miz, but it did say wrestling ability, didn't it? And I'm pretty sure back then he's not the wrestler that he is today. You know, I mean, Rob Van Dam won it in 2002. What did he do in 2002? Over The Undertaker, over Lesnar, over Triple H, over Jericho. You know, like, these lists are just very inconsistent, I think. 
you know, Cena, he's only won it three times. You want to talk win-loss record, he probably should have won it six years in a row. So, I don't know. I mean, Seth Rollins won it last year. Omega the year before that. Carter, Reigns, and Rollins again back to 2015. So, <clears throat> I just... I, I really like this success against the higher grade of competition and most diverse competition. I'd love to know what that actually means, what it has to do with this fucking list and activity. Like, what is activity? Is that like media and shit? Like, going out with champion, that's the job. you got to promote the business. So you want to fucking come up with some bullshit like that. So it just it just makes no sense. I'm just go through this list and see. I mean, MJF twenty two. That's that's fair. He hasn't he hasn't been pinned as well. I think four losses to his name. I think three of those were tag team, and one of them was a a four way match. He didn't get pinned. He hasn't been pinned. I'm just surprised there's no like more AEW stars in the top ten. Just how they're booked. I mean, why is, I mean, Omega's, where was Omega? 13th. How many pins has he taken in that time frame, July to June? So, probably taken less than Kofi Kingston or AJ Styles, especially when AJ Styles becomes heel, so you tend to lose a bit more. He lost at WrestleMania. He lost on the way to WrestleMania. So you want to put it on wrestling ability. Well, that's a different thing. I mean, it says ability is one of them. Technical ability. And then you've got Bray Wyatt at 16. Technical ability. He's not technical. Is Braun Strowman technical? Where is Braun Strowman? I can't even find his fucking name on this list. There we go, 19. He's 19th. Technical ability. Like, come on. You want to go technical ability, Adam Cole should be number one. And then Moxley number two. If that's, this is where the criteria that they base it on makes no sense. And now I'm just bitching about the PWI. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It's just a head scratcher for me. You want to put Rhodes over Seth Rollins on technical ability? Yes, you do. You do. That's fair. That is fair. But you want to put Kofi Kingston over AJ Styles on technical ability? I don't think so. No. So it's just, it's basically whoever the champion is, you're going to be number one. It's just that simple. It's just a flip of the coin at this stage. You know, you got Moxley, AEW champion. Last year, Seth Rollins, Universal champion. The year before that, Kenny Omega. At the time of the list, Kenny Omega wasn't even the IWGP heavyweight champion. He had probably won it like four weeks before it would have ended. And then you got Okada, IWGP heavyweight champion. Roman Reigns, he would probably 2016 WWE champion. 2015, Seth Rollins, WWE champion. 2014, Daniel Bryan, WWE champion. 2013. Who was WWE champion? John Cena. 2012, CM Punk. 2011, The Miz. It's basically just whoever the champion is. 
apart from one where they probably got it right on win-loss record and ability with Kenny Omega 2018, where it doesn't matter who the world champion is. So, I don't know, what's... I mean, Ricochet's 56. What has Ricochet done? Ricochet is 56. And then you got Dolph Ziggler at 95. And they've spelt Dolph D-O-L-F-H. Like that guy hasn't been fucked over with enough. You want to fuck up his name now on this list? So... I mean, Humberto Carrillo is there at 91. Look at 83, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard at 83. I don't see a... I don't see a Charlotte Flair here. I don't see a Becky Lynch here. Let's just go back to... uh, Talk amongst yourselves for a moment here, people. I'm just going to go back to the 2019 top 500 list in the top 100 and just see if we can find a Charlotte Flair or a Becky Lynch possibly Becky Lynch because she was the she was the champ champ was she not for so long there you go John Moxley was 20th last year Adam Cole was 18th it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a jump it's a good jump Last year, Buddy Murphy, 33. How do you justify that? And Randy Orton's 38. How can you justify that? Oh, man, I'm going to have to do a whole episode just ripping the PWI top 500 from every single year. No, can't say either of their names here. There you go, Tessa Blanchard, best female wrestler in the world. Don't forget that. So, yeah. I just don't know. Leo Rush was in at 99. Just, yeah, shaking my head. SMH, this list has gotten to me. This has gotten to me, for sure. Hang on a fucking second. 78, Kylie Ray. Over Tessa Blanchard. This is how you know these lists are fucked. Why am I getting so worked up about this? It's got nothing to do with me. This is just, it's stupid. It's like watching fucking videos of people making up shit and believing it. And then you live by it. That's what this list is doing. Kylie Ray, that's 78. So take back what I said about Tessa Blanchard being the best female wrestler on the planet. No, clearly it's Kylie Ray, who signed with AEW, then left, didn't even bother wrestling for him, and then went to Impact. Fuck me dead. I I don't get it. Here's a good one. Coming in at number 69. That's convenient. Otis. How? Please. Justify this for me. You're going to put Otis at 69, but you're going to put Pentagon Jr. at 74. 
you're going to put the Young Bucks at 73 and 75. That's convenient. They're just one apart. Matt at 73 and Nick at 75. That's obviously because Matt beat him in being the Elite 200. That's why there's a one gap difference between them. How are you going to put Otis above Pentagon Jr.? Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn, Velveteen Dream, Ace Austin, Dolph Ziggler. Wow. Just, wow. Yep, no words. No words. Yep, that's it. All right. That'll do me. There's probably more I want to talk about. But that list is just fucked with me, so...